Hello, and welcome to the Smart Karma Podcast. I'm Michael Tegos. Every week on the podcast, we share a presentation and discussion from our webinar Wednesdays, when we sit down with Smart Karma Insight providers and selected experts from around the world to break down the key topics you care about in Asia's markets. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and so on. Thank you for being with us, and enjoy the episode. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Brian Freitas to uh, our Smart Karma webinar. Brian will uh, cover the upcoming rebalance of the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index as it pushes towards its target of 80 index members by mid-2022. Brian, of course, is a highly experienced ex-Delta One trader with over 17 years of experience, and he was previously with Barclays, Macquarie, Credit Suisse, and BNP Paribas. Uh, Brian, well, let me welcome you to the webinar once again. Uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, without further ado, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you, Michael. And good evening to everyone on the call. Today, we're going to take a look at potential changes to the Hang Seng Index at the December rebalance. That will be announced post-market close on Friday. That's two days from now with the changes being implemented at the close of trading on Friday, the 3rd of December. So there are only two weeks of trading between announcement of the changes and their implementation. Uh, we'll take a look at where we are in the process of moving up to 80 stocks, where Hang Seng eventually wants to get to. The index methodology for the index, stocks that we feel are likely inclusions to the index and the rationale for the inclusion the estimated impact on the stocks if they added to the index, the performance of the stocks over the last few months, and stocks that will have passive inflows from other index trackers around the time of their inclusion in the Hang, in the Hang Seng Index. I'll leave some time for Q&A at the end of the presentation. So the whole process of large-scale changes to the Hang Seng Index started with a market consultation in December last year. The conclusions of the market consultation were made public in March this year, and the big changes were an increase in the number of constituents to 80 by mid-2022, and ultimately to have 100 stocks in the index. Stocks were divided into seven industry groups, and there would be an attempt to have at least 50% coverage of market cap versus the Hang Seng Composite Index for each industry group. The industry groups will be reviewed every two years to ensure that large movements in market cap were reflected in the new groupings. Listing history requirement for index inclusion was shortened to three months. Earlier, there was a graded scheme depending on the market cap of the stock. A decision was made to retain 20 to 25 Hong Kong companies in the index. And there was a rationalization of the weighting cap to 8% for all stocks in the index. The earlier capping scheme uh, imposed an 8% cap on secondary listings and stocks with weighted voting rights and a 10% cap on all the other stocks in the index. So where are we now in the process? The 8% weighting cap was implemented at the June rebalance. So that's done and out of the way. There were three inclusions at the June rebalance and three inclusions and one deletion at the September rebalance. And those changes have now got us up to 60 index constituents. Among the industry groups, we have three 
that have a coverage of above 50%, while four industry groups are below the 50% threshold. There's always been a focus on the financial sector given its outsized weight in the index, and that group has an index coverage of over 80% now. The information technology sector is close with coverage of almost 80%, while the others are higher than 40%, but below 50%, except for the healthcare sector, where the coverage is just 29% versus the Hang Seng Composite Index. So where do we need to get to? 80 constituents by mid-2022 is what Hang Seng has said, and 100 constituents at some point in the future. There are only three balance, rebalances by the time we get to mid-2022. That means 20 stocks need to be added to the index over the next three reviews in December, in March, and then in June next year. And that is if Hang Seng follows the conclusions of the market consultation that they published. And that brings us to the question of why weren't more stocks added to the index earlier? Why were there only five stocks net added to the index over the last two rebalances? The turnover at the June rebalance was going to be high, even with no additions and deletions, given the capping change from 5% to 8% for secondary listings and stocks with weighted voting rights, and from 10% to 8% for other stocks. So even with just the three additions, uh, BYD, Finney Solar, and Country Garden Services, one-way turnover at the rebalance was almost 7.5%. Then FTSE and MSCI switched Alibaba's listing from the ADR to the Hong Kong line in their indices, and that resulted in a big shift of stock from the ADR to Hong Kong CCAS. Hang Seng then had to index Alibaba's weight in the index at the monthly June, July rebalance. And Alibaba's weight in the index was around 11% at the time, if I remember correctly. The threshold for capping was not met at the July rebalance, which meant that Alibaba's weight was capped to 8% at the September rebalance. That was a regular one. Along with the capping to the other large index stocks as a result of the market volatility following the regulatory clampdown in China, turnover again was going to be high. With just three ads, Leaning, Shinny Glass, and China Merchants Bank, and one deletion, Bank of Communication, the turnover again was around 7%. Hang Seng probably didn't want the turnover at a single rebalance to be too high, so they held off on adding uh, any more stocks to the index. In terms of industry groups, financials, information technology, properties and construction, and healthcare have been kept as standalone groups. Consumer discretionary and consumer staples have been clubbed together, as have telecom and utilities due to their defensive nature, while all the rest of the industries which have much smaller market caps have been clubbed together in the seventh group. In terms of the Hang Seng index methodology, the universe is limited to constituents of the Hang Seng composite large cap and mid cap index, and that has around 319 stocks. So that's our initial universe. Stocks need to be listed for at least three months by the review meeting date. The market cap that they use is the average month end market cap over the last 12 months. Stocks need to pass 
a velocity test where they have to turn over at least 0.1% of their uh, free float shares on a monthly basis. And uh, the stocks also need to pass a separate turnover test. Now, Hang Seng also looks at the financial performance of the stocks and the representative, representativeness of the stocks being included in the index. So this is not a pure rule-based index like the HSCEI. And the index committee has a lot of discretion in choosing stocks to be included in and deleted from the index. So we cannot be absolutely sure of what the changes are going to be, but we can narrow the field down and make educated guesses given the parameters that we have discussed so far. So what do we expect from Hang Seng indexes? The main expectation is that they follow the index methodology, that there are more inclusions from industry groups that are short of meeting the 50% target coverage ratio. Preference is given to larger stocks within an industry group. Preference is given to industry groups where stocks are more representative of the larger group. No sectors or stocks are shunned given extraneous factors. And by that, we refer to the fact that big tech and other stocks that were targets of the regulatory clampdown in China were conspicuously not added to the index at the September rebalance. We now start going through the numbers that should help us in determining industry groups where inclusions could be made and which stocks within those groups could be added to the index. The Hang Seng Index covers 60% of the market cap of the Hang Seng Composite Index, while it covers around 58% of the turnover. But that coverage is highly skewed depending on the industry group. So we find four groups. That's the consumer discretionary and consumer staples, properties and construction, healthcare, and the others group where the coverage ratio is less than 50%. And we would expect these industry groups to see more inclusions to bring their coverage ratio up to 50% or at least close to 50% at the December rebalance. To analyze representativeness of the industry groups, we compare the average market cap of the stocks in the group to the median market cap of the stocks in the group. Now the ratio is very high for the financial group and the information technology industry, indicating that there are few very large stocks and many stocks with a much lower market cap. So we don't expect any stocks to be added from the financials group given that the coverage is already over 80% and stocks that are not in the index at the moment are not really representative of the broader group. It's similar for the information technology group, but given that there are some stocks which are very large and have a very high daily traded volume, there is a chance of stocks being added from there. So most of the other inclusions to the index should come from the other groups where the average to median market cap is less than 2.5, which indicates that a lot of stocks have similar market caps and are representative of the broader group. So what should Hang Seng indexes do? 
At the December review, they should add large stocks from the consumer staples and consumer discretionary sectors. They should add large stocks from the healthcare group and add large stocks from the smaller industries that have been clubbed together. They could add a stock from the information technology sector and the utility sector. Maybe a stock from the property sector, though we wouldn't really hold our breath on that one given the troubles that have plagued that sector recently. At subsequent reviews, it will pretty much be rinse and repeat, except with smaller stocks to increase the coverage further and to reach the 80 stock uh, count. What will Hang Seng indexes do? Well, it's tough to say for sure. The framework that we have follows the methodology and will get us to the 80 stocks eventually. But the index committee, given the amount of discretion that they have, could decide take a different path on how to get there. They could even abandon the plan to get to 80 stocks over the next three rebalances. We don't know that for sure yet, but we will have a much better idea in the next couple of days when the changes at the December rebalance are announced. In terms of picking the stocks, we select large cap names that have high turnover from the underweighted industry groups. And we eventually come up with 12 potential inclusions and two potential deletions, though the probability of deletions is quite small, given that we need to get to the 80 stock count by June. Even with 12 inclusions, plus the regular capping changes at the rebalance, one-way turnover will be less than 6.5%. This is lower than the turnover at the two prior rebalances. If only the higher probability stocks are added to the index, and that's eight of them, one-way turnover will be 5%. And I think that should be palatable to the index committee, given the much higher turnover at the two previous rebalances. In terms of potential inclusions, we see Kwaisho as a potential inclusion, given its sheer size and high daily turnover, even though the information technology sector has a coverage of over 80%. We see S'more, Nongfu Spring, and China Resources Beer as additions from the consumer staples and consumer discretionary group, ENN Energy and China Gas as inclusions from the utilities group, JD Health, Hanso Pharma, and Innovent Biologics as inclusions from the healthcare group, JD Logistics from the Industrial Group, China Hontia from the Materials Group, and maybe China Resources Lifestyle from the Properties Group. There are a few stocks that have Evergrande in their name that appear higher up the list, but we highly doubt that the index committee is going to add those stocks into the index. All the potential inclusions with the exception of Kwaisho, fall within 60% of the cumulative market cap of the industry group and have a high average daily turnover. In terms of impact on the stocks, all stocks will have over one day's ADV to buy from passive funds, but there are some stocks which have a much higher impact. Uh, the highest is probably JD Logistics with over seven and a half days of ADB to buy, uh, followed by 
ENN energy with over four and a half days. And then there are quite a few which are between the three and uh, four day ADV range. The large number of inclusions will also result in a big funding trade where passive investors will have to sell some of their existing holdings in index constituents to raise cash to buy the new stocks that are being included in the index. Some of the stocks which will have a relatively high selling impact in terms of days of ADV to trade, HSBC, CLP, Hong Kong and China Gas, WAF Real Estate, Power Assets, and uh, CK Hutchison. Now, if the 12 stocks are added to the index, the coverage of the industry groups will increase significantly with the largest increase in coverage for the healthcare group, which will see its coverage increase by almost 20% just by adding three stocks. And the other groups will have pretty substantial increases in their coverage bringing them closer to 50% or in the case of information technology, taking it up towards uh, 85%. But post these changes, there will be only two industry groups will, which will be below the 50% threshold and that too just marginally. In terms of the broader index, the coverage will increase from 60 to 67% on market cap versus the Hang Seng Composite Index and from 58% to 62% on turnover. So this brings both numbers higher and over the next few rebalances, both of these numbers should be closer to 70%. Looking at the price performance of the inclusions, we see that a lot of the stocks are trading near their lows. Over And a lot of the sell-off has come over the last couple of months following the regulatory clampdown in China. And while it might have been good to avoid them six months ago, given the drop in the stock price of a lot of these stocks and the likelihood that the regulatory clampdown is further along the road than it was at that point, it might not be a bad idea to include some of these stocks in the index now. If we look at the returns of the stocks versus the HSCI or HSI over the last few months, we see that these stocks have underperformed the index by over 12% over the last six months, but they have outperformed the index in the short shorter term over the last month and over the last week. And that has been driven mainly by a few stocks, but generally the stocks have outperformed the index over the short term. To check for pre-positioning on the stocks, we look at the cumulative excess volume on the stocks over the last few months to check if there is any pre-positioning and the extent of it. We find that a lot of the stocks have seen a sharp drop in volume from August onwards compared to the average volumes prior to that point. And that has resulted in the cumulative excess volume, which is the orange line, actually dropping for most stocks. 
In the case of China gas, the cumulative excess volume jumped in October, but that came on falling prices. So it's more likely a result of unwinding of long positions rather than positions being built in anticipation of uh, inclusion in a particular index. Kwaisho and ENN Energy are two stocks where there has been a consistent increase in cumulative excess volume. And those two names are likely stocks where there are some prepositions built up. If you look at the rest of the names, Hanso Pharma has seen an increase in the cumulative excess volume, but again, that has come about on falling prices. So it's unlikely that a lot of it is index pre-positioning. The really interesting name is Nongfu Spring, the chart right at the bottom on the right. The stock had been in a range and the cumulative excess volume was dropping. And we can see a turn in the cumulative excess volume over the last few trading sessions following the increase in free float in the MSCI indices that will see huge amounts of passive flow into the stock. The stock has already moved up, but an inclusion in the HSI could push the stock up even further. There are a few stocks which will have passive inflows from other index trackers around the time of the HSI rebalance, and that could lead to these stocks outperforming. As I mentioned earlier, Nongfu Spring will have a huge float increase in the MSCI China index that will be implemented at the close on 30th November. That's just three days prior to the implementation of changes in the Hang Seng index. Passive MSCI trackers will need to buy around 15 days of EDV on the stock. And the inclusion of the stock in the Hang Seng Index could take the stock even higher. There is an increase in the float for Kwaisho 2 at the upcoming MSCI rebalance, though the impact at a little less than one day's ADV is not as high as it is in the case of Nongfu Spring. Innovent Biologics is another interesting name, given that it is a high probability inclusion to the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index at the December rebalance. And why it's interesting is because Hang Seng indexes did a double inclusion in June with BYD being added to both the HSI and the HSCEI at the same time. And they repeated it in September with leaning being added to both indices at the same time. So it's possible that the index committee goes for a hat trick and includes innovant biologics in both indices at the same time in December. So the important dates are the announcement of the changes which will be done this Friday post market close. The capping for the stocks will use the closing prices from 30th November and the implementation date will be post market close on 3rd December. Depending on the performance of the inclusions and any potential deletions over the next couple of weeks, the reversal trade could be very interesting as well. I'll stop now and uh, I'll leave some time for Q&A in case there are any questions. 
Thank you very much for this, Brian. That's a very uh, comprehensive presentation there. Um, Brian, you uh, touched upon this uh, a little bit before, and you mentioned that uh, HSI might well decide to go a different route altogether if they see that they're not making the 80-member uh, target. But what what actually happens if, if they don't make that target by, by June 2022? Is there an impact uh, potentially on the current members uh, in the index? Yeah, that's a good question, and I've thought about it. So there's no hard and fast rule that Hang Seng indexes have to get the index up to 80 stocks by June. That was a recommendation, and they have been moving in the right direction, and they haven't been able to move as quickly as they would have liked, given that there were other changes that were impacting the index in June and September that kind of stop them from adding more stocks to the index. And it was probably a good thing not adding more stocks in June because it would have likely been more tech stocks which took a beating due to the regulatory clampdown. But now that that phase has likely passed, they are more likely to start including more stocks and quickening the pace to get to 80. So I think post this rebalance, we will have a much better idea of if we are going to get there at all by June, or if that timeline is going to be pushed forward. In terms of impact on the existing constituents, it's not going to be huge. It just means that fewer inclusions would mean lesser selling on the current index constituents to raise cash to buy the new stocks. So it will have a marginal positive impact on the current index constituents, but not huge. Understood. Thank you for that. We see that information technology and financials in particular have a pretty high ratios of, of representation, uh, as you uh, showed in your chart. In order to sort of bring up the rest of the, uh, the rest of the industry groups, do you expect any significant deletions from those two sectors? Or do you think they're going to continue uh, to be to have the same strength, basically. Yeah, so I think this the possibility of one stock being deleted from financials, which would be China Life, but it's not going to have a huge impact on the coverage ratio. It'll probably drop by a couple of percent at the most. So that's not going to be a huge change. In terms of Information technology, there are only four stocks, four information technology stocks in the index. That's Tencent, Meituan, Alibaba, and Xiaomi. And it's just those four stocks which are almost 70% of all IT stocks in the universe. So there's almost zero chance of any of those stocks being deleted. It just means that it makes it very difficult for other stocks from the IT sector to be included in the index unless the index committee decides that let's add some of the smaller stocks to kind of diversify the IT sector, but it's not going to be a lot. Got it. Uh, when it comes to the healthcare sector, as you have shown, it gained in ratio uh, quite significantly, but is still 
a bit underrepresented in uh, uh, relation to the others. And given the kind of increased activity that we've seen in healthcare uh, IPOs in Hong Kong in particular uh, in 2021, do you expect um, any strong names to be considered for uh, inclusion? Uh, you mentioned Innovent Biologics uh, during your presentation, but are there any others that uh, you would suggest keeping an eye on? Yes. So the largest stock in the healthcare sector is, I mean, by market cap is Wushu Biologics. That's already in the index. The next biggest stock is JD Health, and that is not a member of the index. So that's probably one stock which, if it's included in the index, will increase the coverage ratio by almost 10%. They've probably not added the stock earlier, given that only listed in December last year. But there is a much, much higher probability of the stock being included and in the index at the December rebalance. So I would say JD Health and Innovant Biologics are probably the highest, have the highest probability of being included in the index with Hanso Pharmaceutical probably next in line. Understood. Uh, one of your suggestions was for consumer stocks to be included. Uh, do you have uh, your eye on uh, particular stocks that uh, you feel would be strong inclusions, inclusion candidates? Yes. So the highest by market cap is Smur, and that would have probably been included at the last, last rebalance if it wasn't for the regulatory clampdown where there was a lot of press about the impacts of vaping and how vaping companies should be regulated the same way that cigarette companies are. So that kind of probably got the index committee to change their mind. But small given market cap and the high trading volumes in the stock is a very high probability addition, along with the Nongfu Spring. And probably lower down, you would have China Resources Beer, those are probably the three highest market cap stocks that are currently not a part of the Hang Seng Index. Got it. Thank you very much for that. And finally, obviously, when it comes to the question of uh, what will uh, HSIL do, uh, finally, I, I really liked that slide, by the way, um, and it kind of underlines the uh, sort of unpredictability that uh, we're dealing with uh, there. Have you seen, have you noticed that unpredictability uh, having an adverse effect uh, in the market at all? Yes. So everyone knows that it's not a rule-based index and there are names that come up from time to time, which weren't expected, but I wouldn't say it's as radical as the changes to the Nikkei, which um, I think of magnitude more difficult to choose stocks. I have seen a couple of lists from external brokers where they've got names on the list. And there are obviously people who are trading based on those lists as well. And what we see is stocks that were high probability inclusions not being included and those stocks drop post the announcement. And sometimes there are surprises and surprise inclusions and in stocks like pop four, five, six percent and continue running. 
for the next few days. So it's just that given the unpredictable nature of the selection criteria, there is an opportunity to make money if you have even half the stocks right, generally. Thank you very much, Brian. And there you have it. Brian, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, everyone, for your attendance. Obviously, Brian will continue covering the rebalance as well as more potential changes across uh, Asia-Pacific indices. So do keep an eye on his insights on Smart Karma for that. And please note that Brian is also available for bespoke research services uh, in this regard. So if you are interested, please do contact your Smart Karma account manager and they will help you uh, get in touch. If you have any other questions, uh, you can always email us at research at smartkarma.com. Thank you very much for being with us. Brian, thank you once again for your time and comprehensive presentation today. Thank you, Mike. That's it for this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with your networks and follow Smart Karma on your social media. We're Smart Karma everywhere. And of course, don't forget to visit smartkarma.com for truly independent, differentiated investment research. As always, thank you very much for listening and see you at the next one.